Scientifically, momentum gives the relationship between mass, velocity, and the direction of an object. Any change in momentum results in a change of force. So a change in momentum is used to determine the force acting upon the object. In sports, winning at anything starts with momentum. But momentum doesn't just happen. It's not some sort of random occurrence that miraculously appears. We've got to create momentum. Momentum carries an effect. It can cause you to flap like a butterfly and unleash like a beast. Even the casual fan knows that the rule in sports is the team that gets momentum is usually the team that wins the game. The key is to get and maintain momentum. Momentum can take an evenly matched game and turn it into a blowout. Momentum always begins with a decision. Many times we get off to a great start, but then life hits us in the face and we lose our momentum. We slow down. We change direction. If we're not careful, we just stop altogether from walking in God's great plans and His destiny for our life. It is never one big push that brings the momentum, but all of them added together in an overall accumulation of effort applied in a consistent direction. In this episode of Keep It 100, we will share what we sense heaven is saying to us in 2023, have a convo on momentum and share what you may be doing that's killing your spiritual momentum. Welcome to Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everyone, welcome to our first episode of the Keep It 100 podcast in 2023, y'all. Can you believe we're in 2023? You know, really, it is hard to believe that we're in 2023. 2022, like, went so fast. I mean, we're going through seasons like Netflix, like, like <laughs> the season of this 20 last year, and it went through quick. Oh my goodness. I feel like the older I get, and they really do say this, obviously, that the older you get, the quicker the time goes. And it really is accurate. I just, this year felt like... Like a blink. And when a year used to feel like a long time, now I'm like, as I'm older, I'm like, is that enough time to get something done? Like a big project, you know, you look ahead at life, and you're like, I only have a year. It's just time goes so quick. But 2022 had some real highlights. It had some challenges for people. Um, And I know all of us are just expectant for 2023. And we're going to talk about that today. But come on, happy new year to everyone. Let's just take a moment. Happy new years. <laughs> hey, you guys, we had some great like events and moments and experiences that led up to the new year for us. Uh, just several days ago, we went to the Warriors game, our first time being in the Chase Center. Oh my God! No, wait, not our first time. Our first time being in a basketball, basketball game, game in the Chase Center because we saw uh, Andre Bocelli earlier. But we were blessed and we were given third row seats Can you believe at half it? court oh. at Chase Center. Dream, dream come true. Literally, oh dream come true. I never thought I'd get tickets like that. I never thought I'd have seats like that. I thought maybe only one one or two other times in life was I that close to professional ball players. It was pretty crazy. We we were kids in the oh, candy store for sure. It was so fun. <laughs> we even parked at the arena underground itself. A whole nother thing. We were able to go up to some box suites, eat good food. We were down to club oh, yeah. status. So we were blessed, y'all. Oh, and my it was gosh. fun. We, we had a, a just a, a friend of ours and just an incredibly generous uh, people in our life that just really like lavishly blessed us. And we were just done by generosity, the kindness. And we just felt so spoiled. We felt like we were in like a VIP world that we 
just don't normally have access to. And it was so fun. It was just what a night. It was a dream. Was Shout a dream. out to Scott and Julia. We sure love you guys. You <laughs> yeah. guys made that happen. Oh, man. And hey, I'm, I'm believing that one day I'm going to be able to do a chapel service for the Warriors. So Amen. who knows? Maybe this is getting closer. I love that. You know what? I, I'm not I'm not kidding. I've said this over Sean since the day I met him. I have seen this in the spirit over him. And maybe this is good we're saying this aloud because you never know who's connected to who. But I've always felt like Sean has an open door for the NBA. And I have felt like you have an anointing for athletes and specifically in the area of discipleship and evangelism. And so this is that year. Let's just speak that into life, right? Yes. I've done chapel service uh, in the NFL. I've done chapel services yep. in major league baseball, but never in the NBA. So yeah. maybe that's going to happen. Come on. Hey, and New Year's Eve, we brought in the New Year's with some special friends of ours. Yeah. A couple other couples uh, that are just great friends. These friends. are two brothers that have walked with us and their wives through some great times and guys that are accountability guys to me. And so we did that. We laughed. We prayed. Then Chris and I that night, while some of the other parts of the world are at the club, we at home <laughs> having communion, bringing hey. and praying in the new year, Amen. right? We did. We had a quiet night, just us. And it was really nice. Took a time and just gave uh, this new year to the Lord and just spent time just enjoying each other and just relaxing and quiet before a new year begins. And it was, it was awesome. It was great. It's uh, Time with you, baby, is always my favorite. That's what I say all the time. That's like my favorite way to spend time is with you. Oh, that is so true for me as well. I just love getting time with you. As we step into 2023, if you've been following our social media all, you know all about momentum, but maybe you haven't followed us on social media or maybe you've been on the fence and you haven't yet registered. I want to just take a moment and really just communicate the heart and the intention of why we are doing momentum. Uh, number one, I've, I felt like the Lord gave Sean the name momentum and it's because we're contending for a move of God that doesn't stop. You know, momentum is something that has a movement. It's like movement plus movement equals momentum. And we're really contending for something we haven't seen before. We're, we're contending for something that is uh, doesn't have a reference point in the sense of it's unexplainable. We are believing that as we gather in January, the Lord told us to bring in the prophets and open the gates of revival. And so if you are one of those like us that is believing for revival, believing to be a carrier of this fresh move of God that's about to be released, we believe there's an impartation in January that you're going to receive because just out of what the Lord spoke to us in this gathering, there's an impartation that those that come, those that gather, those that are participating in this, really understanding that as we gather, you're going to be marked to carry this move of God. This isn't a conference, although we call it that because of the reference point so people understand we are gathering, uh, but we really, our only agenda is what is God saying? What is he doing? And we just want to worship and adore him. I mean, we truly just want to get on our face before the Lord. And so we want to invite you to join us January 19th, the 21st. It's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday here in Dublin, California. That's outside of the Bay Area. If you live local, come on, clear out your calendar, clear out your schedule and come bring a friend, bring, if you're a pastor or leader, bring your leadership team, get them poured into, get them, you know, uh, excited for what God's going to do. When there's an encounter and there's a marking, everything begins to shift. I, I just can't emphasize enough what the Lord's going to do in 2023, but I do believe there are catalytic gatherings that are actually going to catapult what God is doing. So if you have not registered already, go to seanandchrisasmith.com and join us. We're going to have incredible friends of ours, Prophet Tommy Ariomi, Prophet Emma Stark from Scotland, Powerhouse Sammy Rodriguez from Sacramento. Come on, somebody. We got yep. Matt Gilman and Deidre Greathouse bringing worship. We got Sean Smith, my favorite preacher. I'm going to bring a word of the Lord. Friends, we are, we're going 
going for it. Like we're bringing what we believe the Lord is saying. We're going to get on our faces. We're going to worship. We're believing your signs, wonders, and miracles. We're believing the sick are going to be healed. The ones that are in captivity are going to be set free. Uh, we just believe there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, open heaven. Uh, we really are just contending for the more of God. If you're hungry, if you're desperate, if you're dissatisfied, if you're bored, I want you to get to the house of God and I want you to gather with us because there's an outpouring that's about to take place. And so I don't want you to view this really as, you know, just a nice little gathering. No, no, no. We're like, like, don't even wear your makeup, ladies. Like we're, we're going in. Like this isn't a place to look pretty or cute. This is a place to get into the presence of God and to contend for the move of God. You can go to our website, www.seanandkristasmith.com. And if you'll click on the side, it'll say momentum. You could sign up. Uh, we will also be offering live stream options. So you do not want to miss this. We are going to have some prophetic rooms set up. Some people, I'm guarantee you, there's going to be some prophecy. Uh, one word can change your destiny and shift your season. So you do not want to miss this. So come out again, January 19th, 20th, and 21st here in sunny Northern California, the Bay Area. We will see you there. We can't wait for you to join us. So get your seat today. All right, everybody. I'm really excited for today's podcast because we are talking about what God is saying for 2023. Sean and I are going to be sharing just different points of what we shared. And actually, we shared many of our these thoughts at a Cindy Jacobs gathering in November. But we want to take it to the Keep It 100 tribe and just really break down what we feel like God is saying. So baby, I want to start with you because you got some powerful revelation of what the Lord's saying right now. You know, the first revelation I got, and it was so interesting because like you said, we really prayed. We submitted some words to Mama Cindy's gathering of prophets. And then we were also able to preach at our global apostolic prophetic summit. And so one of the things I got really centered around this revelation of 1 Samuel 13, verse 19. It says that King Saul and Israel were, were hiding underneath a pomegranate tree in Migron. And so here is King Saul and the armies of Israel that should have been uh, the most revered, respected, venerated, audacious army on the planet, but they're in Migron, which means fear. And so I feel like in this last season, the enemy has really tried to spread uh, hordes of hell to just bring fear into people's lives, fear into the body of Christ, fear of this, fear of that, fear of shortage, fear of lack, fear of what will happen if I really am bold, what happens if I step out, what happens if I go all the way with God. And so what happens is, is that King Saul was a hostage when he should have been a hero. He was a hostage to modern culture when he should have been a hero of spiritual momentum. Mm. And as a result of that, God's people literally had no weapons because they said the blacksmiths were had been taken over by the Philistines and King Saul, of course, and the Israelites were hiding because of the Philistines. So now let me get to the point. What is it that I feel like God was saying? Here, the people of God seemed stagnant. They were anxious. They were in fear. They were wondering what was next, kind of like a lot of people do in, in the beginning of a year at a time, particularly right now. We've got all these kind of things going on on national levels. We've got economic stuff. We still have got divisions. We've got political things going on. We've got wars. But in the midst of it, I believe that right now God is raising up a Jonathan company in the body of Christ. Mm. And in this passage in 1 Samuel 13, King Saul's son was Jonathan. And I believe it, it, it represents an emerging believer, not necessarily age-wise in terms of a new generation, although it could be inclusive of that. It's just an emerging of a new believer. And Jonathan looked at his, his dad and the nation of Israel as they were hostages, and he decided it is time to start a move of God. And so what this guy did is he looked at the Philistines and he decided, hey, let's go to the other side and let's fight them off of our mountains. Let's push back the enemy. And as a result of that, the Bible says that he got within a half acre of land and he took 
took out literally troops of Philistines. And so what it represents is he got momentum. And I believe that momentum is not just the name for our conference. I believe it's a now word for what heaven is inviting you into. So when Jonathan challenged the enemy, it contrasted what Saul's previous trend was. And his trend was to sit and eat pomegranates in fear. So here's what I feel the Spirit of the Lord saying. What was watered down amongst his people in the past season will now be weaponized, Mm. will now be weaponed up. So what was watered down will be weaponed up. I see God raising up new ministries. I see a fresh spirit of boldness coming upon people. I see an activation of gifts and a barrier breaking anointing for those who are going to step out. I see a Jonathan company of believers that are not concerned about the status quo tradition or what religionists will say about them, what they'll put on social media. And when Jonathan crossed that line, there was a shaking. The Bible says that there was a trembling in the field, a trembling among the people. And it says that even the Philistines trembled and there was an earthquake. And so I feel like the shaking that we've been afraid of, God is now going to shift it and there's going to be a shaking that will cause the enemy to lose ground. And this shaking, I believe, is meant to break the camp mentality of just staying camped in the past because there comes a certain point where you have to break with your history in order to step into your destiny. And so I really believe that we're going to see this as one of the things that God is saying in 2023. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I wish you could see me right now, you guys. I am just like, if I had a hanky, I'd be waving it. If I could run around the room and not be distracting, I would do it. That was profound. I want to go back and just re-listen to that. I I just, I want to soak in that. That has a depth in it because what I love, Jonathan's one of my favorite people in the Bible. And the fact that God is talking about that we're in a time of a Jonathan in 2023, he was a man of covenant. He undid generational curses. He changed his family line. He rewrote the story from him for his nation, for his people, for his family. Jonathan changed history. He rewrote things. And so what, what an invitation for us to step into as a time of Jonathan's arising. I just think that is so powerful. Man, that's profound, baby. You know, something I heard the Lord say for 2023 is I heard the Lord say, Krista, the end time army is arising. And I heard the Lord say, it's an army, one that is unrelenting in their loyalty and commitment towards the things of God. We are now in the days where we're seeing the separation between conditional followers of Jesus, where they follow people, follow Jesus on their own terms. And those that have said, I will give my life for the gospel. There's been a line that's been drawn on the spirit in 2023. And I heard the Lord say, we are stepping into a time in history where we will actually see martyrs for Jesus and it will be on the soil of our own nation. And that's something we haven't seen per se. And the Lord says, there's been a line that's been drawn in the spirit that the grace of the last era has lifted and the call to holiness and righteousness is not a suggestion, but a requirement. We are stepping into a time of tearing and weeping at the altar, standing in the gap for a nation who's been rebellious and has made herself her God. The idol of our time, the calendar, the clock, it's being asked of by the Lord. The idol of it being our way, your way, my preference, your preference is being asked of by the Lord. He's saying, can I have your calendar? Can I have your clock? Can I have your opinions? Can I have your preferences? For what I'm about to do, the Lord says in 2023, is an explosion of my sovereignty and my presence in this nation. And I heard the Lord say the prayers and repentance of the remnant have shifted things over America. Now I know other people from other nations, which I love, listen to the Keep It 100 podcast. I want you to claim this for your nation. I heard this over America, but
but this doesn't exclude other nations. So grab this for you because I believe the prayers of the righteous, the prayers of the remnant are shifting the course of nations. And the Lord says, align yourself with me. And I heard the Lord speak this statement three times. So I'm going to declare it over you three times. And the Lord says, where I am first and there is no other, align yourself with me. Where I am first and there is no other, align yourself with me. Where I am first and there is no other, align yourself with me. I felt like the Lord says, I must be first and there must be nothing above me. He must be first in your time, your relationship, your finances, everything about your dreams, your passions, everything about your life must be pointed in a posture of worship, adoration, and surrender. For the Lord is inviting us to a deeper place of maturity of what it is to be a follower and a disciple of Jesus. And lastly, the kind of concluding this initial thought of what I'm bringing for 2023, I then heard the Lord say, I'm raising up in 2023, the prophets of God in this hour to restore the conscience of the nations. And the Lord says, that's because I'm raising up prophets that operate from a place of holiness and righteousness, and they have not been seduced by the sway of culture. And those that have been previously seduced have been removed from the office of prophet in this sense. And they're not being given the place of influence because the Lord says, I need the prophet to bring the conscience back to the nation. You know, that's so good, Boo, because one of the things that I think about is that we really have lost our conscience yes. uh, as a nation. And the Bible talks about a seared conscience is a very dangerous place. And I love the fact that you're saying that part of what the, the prophet and the prophetic anointings are doing this season is restore the conscience. I think that's so mm-hmm. profound. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing I felt the Lord telling me is that in this next season, the hunger in the pew will exceed and astound the holding patterns of some pulpits. Yes. Now notice I said some pulpits, not all pulpits, but let me say the phrase again. The hunger in the pew will exceed and astound the holding patterns of some pulpits. And uh, Krista and I, we have seen that there are leaders that are on the cusp of outbreaks of the Holy Ghost all over. They are rightfully discerning the hunger that's in their midst and they're setting up things and, and, and really reorganizing services, church meetings, discipleship to see that there is a move of God. And so what may have worked in the past may not work in the next season of what God is doing. But then I also see that there's some leaders that are underestimating the hunger of the people to go deeper, to move from program-driven church to presence-driven church, to see the Holy Ghost unleashed. And I sense the Lord speak to me out of Hezekiah's revival in 2 Chronicles uh, chapters 29 through 31. And in that time, uh, King Hezekiah saw a divided nation. There was a southern kingdom, northern kingdom. So if you will, the Old Testament church, the Israelites were divided. So think about it. King Hezekiah saw a divided church. He saw baby sacrifices to Moloch. So they were actually sacrificing in, in the same way that I believe that we're sacrificing a generation to preferences, to our shifting morals, to our own agendas. Uh, also, King Hezekiah, he saw the spiritual leaders of his day stumbling. And then the king did something that was unthinkable. Like it showed he was a man of faith. He called the scattered, captive, divided people of Israel to come celebrate a Passover that hadn't been celebrated in quite some time. And then a sovereign move began. Notice a call went out to come to a gathering. And when they came to a gathering, what happened exceeded everyone's expectation. Here's what happened. King Hezekiah, knowing that he invited all these captives to come celebrate the Passover, he had a certain number of priests. He had a certain number of sacrifices 
sacrifice because remember the people were captives so it wasn't like they could go out and get you know their sheep their lamb their goat their whatever that they were going to come so he was going to provide all that but here is what the bible says he didn't have enough priests or sacrifices to accommodate all the people that responded this awakening came from a people that literally came out of no place and if you will he underestimated the hunger in the pew and so it was so amazing that what happened is is priests had to consecrate themselves on the go they had to do it in a hurry the levites were called in to accommodate all the sacrifice no, all these people were responding to celebrate the passover more than what anyone could imagine and i feel the spirit of god saying that heaven has been stoking hunger in the pew and in this past pandemic season it's only been heightened and some leaders are going to have to consecrate themselves in a hurry to stay positioned mm -hmm. to handle this arising hunger and the harvest and people are going to come out of captivity people are going to start getting set be set free deliverance and you're going to see a god sent voracious appetite for a true outpouring of the spirit and oh yeah by the way they were only supposed to celebrate the passover for seven days but king hezekiah saw we have such momentum we got to celebrate it and extend it so he went beyond the week and he took it a whole other week and i believe that god is going to begin to extend services he's going to begin come to extend on. bible studies he's going to begin to extend worship he's going to begin to extend altar calls all because of the hunger Amen. that god is raising up in this hour Whew, what you are sharing is firing me up that was so good come on jesus i'm so excited for what god's about to do Amen. come on I, you know here's something else the lord told me for 2023 that i'm ex really excited just to declare over the body of christ right now i heard the lord say two things 2023 is a year of divine reorder and a year of birthing and i felt like the lord says that we step into 2023 we are in a moment of what i felt like the lord called a divine push mm. and this is where we could choose whether we want to stay satisfied with where we're at and what we're seeing in the church at present now what's interesting is i felt like the lord kind of you know how the lord begins a dialogue with you and we've all seen collectively and i think most people would agree that they've seen in 2022 we've already seen an increase of salvations a deeper desperation in the church we're seeing more deliverances and it's so good it's god it's incredible but i feel an invitation from the lord saying you can stay there you could just choose to kind of set up camp there and it's good but the lord says there's an invitation for a divine push for the more and so i want to speak to you body of christ right now don't settle and get satisfied with already the breakthrough you've experienced you think that's good enough oh gosh god's already moving yes we praise him for it but can i just declare over you push and a push uh, has a breaker anointing for the move of god that he wants to do right now in the church so i feel like the lord is de declaring over the body of christ and i'm going to call it pastors and leaders and worship leaders and revivalists i'm going to call it the layperson the volunteer i'm going to call it the mom the dad the grandma the grandpa and i'm going to say you're being raised up in this hour with what i believe the lord is calling the midwife anointing so to help good. birth this move of god and what does a midwife do they position themselves in the delivery room to help release what the mother is pregnant with what the mother is carrying it's time for delivery there's a midwife anointing i'm going to break this down more at a later time but i want you to begin to get this concept that we have a midwife anointing that is resting on the bride of christ right now and the midwife is literally like a coach in the spirit that is literally helping push and birth what god is releasing at this moment and i feel like there's a divine push that's available in the local church as we gather corporately and here's what i saw i felt like the lord says you know the first 
first few rows of your church. The Lord says, those are your push rows. Put the radical in the front of the church. Put the hungry in the in the front of the church. Put the vocal ones in the front of the church. Why? Because it's going to set the tone for the rest of the church. Because the church was created to cater to the hungry, not the complacent. Mm-hmm. And so you want that sound of the delivery room at the front of the church. And I heard the Lord say, you know, here, here's kind of a, almost like a some strategy connected with this midwife anointing. The Lord says, when something is birthed, there is a cry that's released, right? When a baby's released in a delivery room, you're waiting for that cry. That cry is a good thing. You want to hear breath in the lungs of that child. You don't want a silent delivery room. That's not a good thing. You want the, the lungs of that child to have a sound. That means life is in the delivery room. So when something's birthed, there's a cry that's released. And the Lord says the cry that's going to be released in the delivery room of the church in this hour, it will be raw. It will be undignified. It will make you and I uncomfortable. Get ready for this. It will press on every religious bone in your body and in the body of Christ. And I heard the Lord say almost with some laughter, you may not even like it at first because it's going to be loud. It's going to be messy. It's going to be radical. But the Lord says, as there's a divine push, remember the midwife anointing pushing, the Lord says the push will bring order. And we're stepping into a new order. This is the divine reorder that I was talking about in the church. What does a divine order do? It pushes out anything that isn't essential. And when you're in the delivery room, anyone that is not about that baby being birthed, the mother knows she wants them out of that delivery room. If there's anyone talking about what they're going to have, I know there's some women listening right now, maybe some men, you're laughing because you're like, yes, sister, absolutely. If there is someone while you're trying to give birth and they're talking about their stressful day or the drama in their life or the meal they want to eat, you don't want to hear any of that nonsense because it is not connected to the purpose of why you have gathered on that day. I heard the Lord say the cry and the push in the church that's going to rise in 2023 is going to push out what isn't essential. So there's some really good programs that have been good, but they're not essential for the push. They're not essential for what God wants to do in 2023. So the Lord says there's actually less is more anointing over the church in 2023. There's actually going to be less going on in the natural, but more happening in the spirit. It's going to bring a fresh focus as to why we gather and what we're doing in the church at large. So I heard the Lord say to those that are called to carry and birth this move of God, come on, that's you. That's me. That's all of us. I heard the Lord say, be prepared at the first complaint. Come on, leaders. Come on, pastors. The first unfiltered cry, the first pushback you receive from people who don't like it. Come on, call it for what it is, a religious spirit. You're going to be tempted to pull back, to stop pushing, to quiet your cry, to cater to the complacent. But the Lord says, if you want to be carriers of this next move of God, then you must embrace the new sound of revival. You must embrace being uncomfortable. I want you to receive this today. You must be willing to let go of what you know and embrace what you don't. But knowing it's God, those that are willing to move out from their comfort zone will step into a realm of unusual miracles, things we have not seen or experienced before. That is what the divine push is going to release. I love that because when I think of push, I think of momentum because it's that push that begins to move things. As you begin to move things, uh, what what was it that I think is Newton's law that an object at rest will remain at rest unless it's acted upon by outside force or an object in motion will remain in motion unless it's also acted upon by 
upon by outside force. So that push is getting what has been stagnant, what has been stationary into a place of momentum. I love that. I love that. Uh, my uh, other kind of thought that I had is I felt like I, I was in a prayer time and I asked the Lord, what time is it? And I heard a couple things. I heard the Lord say it's a Isaiah 60 time. And I don't know if some of y'all been around the kingdom long enough where you heard the little king kid song, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, rise and <laughs> yeah, shine. Yeah, yeah. And so I really feel like the Lord is saying that. that Isaiah 60 talks about arise and shine for your light has come for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you for darkness covers the earth, deep darkness, the people, but the glory of the Lord will arise upon you. Gentiles will be drawn to your brightness, kings to the brightness of your rising. And so when I think about this passage, it's not about a despair time, but a display time. You can read that. And you can think of, yeah, darkness is going to cover the earth. That's the despair, but no, it's about display. And I feel like the Lord is underscoring. There's going to be a new glory that's going to rise upon him because it says that as darkness covers the earth, deep darkness of people, the glory of the Lord will arise upon you as if to presume that whatever it was you had before, that was a glory for that moment. But now a new glory will arise as a new darkness arises and covers. And so I, I feel like we need to prepare for new glory to arise upon us as we arise, as we stand up. The word there, rise, it means to come on the scene. It means to become powerful. Uh, it literally means and, and, and represents kind of a force that begins to take place. And I feel like this season is going to be marked by a breed of believers that will arise by a new glory for those who are surrendered to his purposes. And we're going to see the despair of the past season now translate into a display of a new season. Get ready, 2023. Ooh, that's so good. Come on, somebody. This is, oh, man, this is good revelation, baby. I heard the Lord say, a fresh consecration is required in this hour from him. Psalm 24, 3 and 4 says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. We must understand there's a line being drawn in the spirit and holiness is being required from the Lord to carry this move of God. And because we're still in a time of exposure, we know 2021, 2022 were seasons of exposure. We are not out of that. People have to understand we're not out of the exposure. The season time of exposure is we're still smack dab in the middle of it. It's going to continue to happen, but it's because of what's being asked of the Lord and this area of consecration is required for what God is putting on his people in order to be carriers of this move of God. Now, when we hear that we're in a time of exposure, people typically are afraid of being found out and exposed, right? But I heard the Lord say people should not fear being exposed, but they should, but rather they should fear his presence being lifted from them. Ooh, that's good. The Lord's presence will lift off of our lives where there's areas of compromise and hidden unrepentant sin. I want you to understand that's what actually creates a seared conscience. Kind of what I'm talking about is all connected. When we have patterned habitual sin in our lives, the word talks about a seared conscience. That's how that happens. How you unsear, how you actually bring a healthy conviction of the Lord and you restore the conscience of the Lord and the conviction of the Holy Spirit of your life is you repent from sin. There's a habit and a pattern and a discipline of repentance. Out of this consecration, the Lord says, will come a group that the Lord is calling the wild ones. Ooh, I love that. Come on. Okay, now I'm excited about this because the wild ones are the ones that I believe the Lord is raising up to carry the move of God that he's releasing right now. And I believe you're a wild one. I'm a wild one. We, the Kipo Hunter tribe, we're full of a bunch of the wild ones. And come you on. know, I'm going to tell you the characteristics the Lord told me of who the wild ones are. They're ones that don't care what others think. Come They've on. given their mouths fully to the Lord. They're laid down lovers, fully surrendered to God. They don't live a compartmentalized Christianity. Mm. When they walk into a room, hell trembles, darkness cannot stay. They have 
no taste for status quo and living a Christianity that doesn't transform. They change atmospheres when they walk into a room. They heal the sick. They raise the dead. Come on, somebody. They are the wild ones, and they're going to bring a move of God because they walk in a holiness and a righteousness that darkness has not caught the snare of their foot, but rather they walk with an authority, a cadence in the spirit that is unthwarted by what darkness has tried to trip them up with. I felt like the Lord says the wild ones literally step over the traps of the enemy. That is so profound. I love that. I can't wait till you hear the full release of that message. I think it's going to be so profound. Come to Momentum. I'm actually going to preach this word, the wild ones. I'm going to be there in the front row, y'all. Come on. I'm excited. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe. Now we're at the portion. It's one of my favorite. It's the Keep It 100 Takeaways. In this episode, we're going to talk about three ways to kill your momentum. Obviously, you do not want to kill your momentum. So this is more of like being aware of the devil's schemes. You understand that the first way you kill momentum is you kill momentum when you fall into spiritual let-ups and spiritual lulls. I was thinking about in 1 Kings 18, Elijah called down fire. 850 false prophets are executed. Uh, The nation falls down, says the Lord is God, the Lord is God. But all of a sudden, Jezebel points her little bony finger and puts out a threat that, hey, if if you're alive by this time tomorrow, this is going to happen. So Elijah, after experiencing this incredible momentum, now experiences incredible discouragement after this glory encounter. And I think this is an example of how momentum is killed. You have to be cautious to not live off the spiritual energy of a mountaintop moment. Now, these mountaintop moments will encourage your momentum, but you got to understand the experience of momentum alone cannot sustain you spiritually. You have to do the things that initially started the spiritual momentum. You have to continually do that for momentum to continue because you don't want the ebb and flow. You want to actually have a continual flow. And so you have to understand you got to guard yourself carefully after momentous experiences so you don't fall prey to discouragement. Many times it's right after the breakthrough that you get the backlash. But if you will in that moment stay before the Lord, allow him to sustain you spiritually and live, yes, with the momentum of an outpouring, a special meeting, a conference, but you begin to do what you can to nourish and nurture that and are not unaware of the devil's schemes, you will find a way to continually feed momentum as opposed to allow momentum to be squashed in this. The second way the enemy tries to kill momentum in your life is to demoralize you by the grind of life. Come on, we can all agree. While momentum ebbs and flows in our lives, we can all experience the day-to-day grind of life, its demands, all the hats you and I wear, the pulling of responsibilities, the obligations we feel constantly obliged to. You and I both have to be intentional about moving towards what fills you and I up, what actually replenishes you, because the grind will drain you. Let me say it this way. The battleground will drain you, but the holy ground will sustain you. Come on, somebody. You have to find the fountains in your life where you get spiritually refreshed. 2 Samuel 23, 15 says, in the midst of the battle, David said, oh, that I may have a drink of water. In the battle, he's still needing refreshing. All of us need to be refreshed in order to be sustained. I know in my life, there is creative projects, creativity, spending time with loved ones, connecting with people that I know I can share my heart with, shopping, having fun, doing stuff that is life-giving, working on home design projects. That stuff is actually really fulfilling to me. It's incredibly life-giving. Those are fountains that the Lord's put in my life, whether it be through people or passions that he's put within me. Those are things that actually release and remove the grind and actually give me a place of refreshing and replenishing. Friends, you got to 
figure out what are those places where the Lord wants to pour into you. The third and final way the enemy tries to kill momentum in your life is when you give too much airspace to the critics around you. Come on. Come on, somebody. We all know about this. Haters going to hate and sometimes haters get in our head, right? While momentum can minimize disappointments and criticism, it often necessitates change. Change creates criticisms. So if we allow the critics to dictate ministry, then the status quo or the decline ensues. Nehemiah loved this in scripture. He really displays to us. He's one that refused to listen to the critics of his day. And that's how the wall of Jerusalem was built. He refused to cower to the critics. He refused to cower to the haters. So if you and I actually want to refuse to be limited to what God's put in us, come on, we're talking about God's doing a new thing. God's releasing a new move of God. There's going to be critics. There's going to be the religious spirit. There's going to be people that push back. In order to keep momentum, you and I have to refuse to be afraid of the critics and push through to what God has put in us. You know, that's such a great point about you kill momentum when you give too much airspace to the critics. The Bible speaks of Jesus as a sign that was spoken against. And so you got to understand you're called to be a sign. You will be spoken against. I see people that will not post certain things that, and what I'm what I mean by that is that they have a conviction, a stance from the Bible, from the Spirit of God, but they're afraid because someone is going to get on their post, someone's going to get on their feed, they're going to criticize them. There are times when I've made a stand and people have criticized and they've said their stuff. But I'm often reminded that when the book of Acts began with a rushing mighty wind that filled up a room, these scared, frightened, shaken, hidden disciples are now becoming apostles. But right afterwards, the Bible says that Sanhedrin spoke against them. Sanhedrin criticized them. Sanhedrin threatened them. And what was the intent? The intent was to shut them up and shut them down. And had that happened, had they listened to the critics, we wouldn't have the acts of the apostles. Uh, it would have been at that point, the hidden warehouse, the, the safe room, you know, like they have in these like espionage places where they take people to safe houses. It would have been a safe house instead of God's house. And sometimes you got to understand that God didn't call you to be safe. God called you to be lethal against the enemy. And so what they did is they went and they preached the word with boldness. They asked God for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So the way to continue momentum is to not give airspace to the critics, but to give a holy place to the Holy Ghost in your life to breathe upon you fresh. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, these are just some thoughts and some things that we felt like that God was saying to us. And again, we believe that this is a special year. So it's so important to lean into what God has for you. I believe that you're going to see an acceleration in this next season. What used to take seven years are going to take place in seven months. And I think of this quote by Lennon. He says, there are decades where nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen. And Keep It 100 Tribe, we are in the weeks where decades happen. And Amos 9.1 says the plowman will overtake the reaper, meaning the harvest will be so great that instead of the natural process of sowing, of cultivating the ground, of doing all those things, we're going to begin to see people get saved and raised up with a divine acceleration and momentum. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep 100 Tribe, you do not want to miss our next episode. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. 
Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and SeanandKristaSmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep